Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you all for joining us. And our first guest this morning is a longtime friend of mine, who's been doing outstanding things for the kids. That's right. Jared Sandler. Jared Sandler, you've probably heard him on the radio. He is the pre- and post-game host for the Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan, but he also does more than that. He can do anything in the world of radio and television. But more importantly, he's got an interesting life outside of just the radio and the talk shows and the whole nine yards. Jared, thanks for joining us this morning. Chris, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. I've been wanting to have you on the show for quite a while because of the Sunlight Children's Charity. I think you're doing doing an outstanding job. I think a lot of people who listen to 105.3 The Fan, the Tolos, the Turn It On, Leave It On listeners, they know quite a bit. But I think a lot of people in Dallas-Fort Worth may have heard about it, but they don't know all about it. First of all, talk about the wonderful work you guys do with children with physical and intellectual disabilities. Yeah, no, I appreciate you you having me on to discuss this, Chris. Uh, Sandlot Children's Charity is, uh, well, it's just that. It's a charity uh, aimed to improve the lives of kids with physical and intellectual disabilities uh, by providing financial assistance so that they can get involved at various levels in athletic opportunities or sports-specific experiences. So that could mean just, you know, entry level, hey, I, I want to try wheelchair basketball, or I want my son or daughter to try wheelchair basketball, but man, that wheelchair is super expensive, the one that you need specific to play that sport, and uh, you know, we, we need some help to, to do this, or it could be something on the other end of the spectrum where, you know, the, the young athlete is, you know, one of the best uh, at that particular sport in the country, and they, they need some financial assistance to help with training, or travel or whatever that's allowing them to compete uh, up to their, their potential, just like anyone else. Uh, and you know, the reason we, we decided that sports was where we really wanted to aim uh, our, our funds was, first of all, I'm passionate about sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, sports uh, was so instrumental to me in growing up and, uh, you know, not just from a, a hobby standpoint, not just from, you know, a joy standpoint, but just the lessons and the relationships and uh, the, you know, the, the growth uh, opportunities through sports. And then, you know, maybe most importantly, in, in doing some research and learning more and understanding more about 
the, the amazing community of folks who uh, persevere through physical and intellectual disabilities, health and wellness is a huge need. Uh, and, you know, it makes sense, depending on what that disability might be, uh, what that challenge might be that they face, uh, you know, it, it might hinder their ability to exercise or, or, or be active in a traditional sense. And so uh, this, this allows them to have opportunities to be active. It allows them to try and live and, and lead a, a healthier lifestyle. And then on top of that, indirectly, it gives them those same things that you know, playing sports gives anyone. That's, you know, you can build confidence, mm-hmm. you, you improve socially, and then you just you gain some of the skills that, that not only allow these kids to survive in daily life, but, but thrive and fulfill their potential uh, because, uh, you know, unfortunately, they're folks who, who write these kids off uh, because, you know, they do have a challenge here or a challenge there. Uh, but these kids have so much potential to achieve at such a high level, and, and we just want to do whatever we can to try and support them and, and, and their ability to do just that. Well, you've been doing a fine job with it so far. And, again, I know the charity – how old is the charity right now? Yeah, so technically uh, I guess we we started in 2017 is when if you go to – the United States government or the, the Texas government, you look at the documents, uh, 2017 <laughs> is when the, the Sandlot Children's Charity uh, first uh, came to be. Is that That's when you became official, the 501c3? That's when, that's when we became official. And you know, it's, we, we've had an interesting journey. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd like to shout out Christy Crone with Special Olympics uh, because Chris, when when this first started, and, and, and we can maybe get into the origin story in full in a little bit, but to, to highlight one particular part of it, uh, you know, when I ultimately decided I wanted to, to focus on kids with, with physical and intellectual disabilities, I reached out to a number of organizations uh, who, who fit that, who, who supported these kids. And uh, I, I think I sent six emails to uh, six different organizations and I only heard back from one organization. I heard back from uh, from Special Olympics. Uh, it was it was actually a gentleman by the name of Doug Ray, uh, and then ultimately passed me off to to Christy Crone. And you know, it was kind of baffling. I, I thought, you know, I was simply emailing to say, hey, uh, you know, my name is Sherrod Sandler. I grew up in Dallas. Blah blah blah. I'd love to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wasn't asking for anything. I simply was was asking to you know how I can help and. Uh, and, and thank gosh, you know, Christy, uh, Doug initially and, and, and Christy uh, communicated with me. And, and so this actually started, I was just, uh, you know, I worked with Special Olympics to put on an event. Uh, it was a Special Olympics event. The charity had not taken form yet. But all the while, as I was learning about, uh, you know, this community and, and, and understanding how just the, 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 the nonprofit world worked, uh, we were developing the the charity, and then you know, as we were working on that first event, which was again a a, a Special Olympics event, I just lent my name and you know my effort to it. Uh, we were forming the charity, and and then the charity kind of took over from there. Well, I like the way you were presenting all that information, and I think it's a appropriate time right now to let's start from the beginning. You you mentioned that. And I know that, like I said, you probably didn't think at that time, okay, I'll create a charity. But when did that seed go? Is that what launched the charity in your mind? Okay, I think I can do this. Yeah. So I think to, to truly get this from the starting point, uh, probably have to go back to 
when I was was really little. Okay, uh, and let's go there. Let's about, go there. And honestly, Chris, it's about the time we met when I was five, six years old. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I would go to Mavericks games or Stars games, and you know I, I didn't quite understand. You know, I'm five, six years old. I obviously that you know don't have any any level of understanding that's beyond surface, if even that. But I would see, uh, you know, I, I in my head they were all kids. I'm, I'm sure some were a lot older, but but people with Down syndrome. You know, Down syndrome is uh, is a, a very common. Uh, disability, and it's one that's very easy to detect to die, right? And so uh, when I would see these individuals, I would just start crying because all I understood at that time was they they don't have the same, in my mind, they don't have the same opportunities that I do. And mm-hmm. I, I was very, it, it, it made me sad. And mm-hmm. so it got to the point where my dad, my brothers, they'd have to like shield me if they, if they saw someone with a noticeable disability, uh, Obviously, not all disabilities are noticeable to the naked eye in passing, but if there was someone, they would attempt to shield me because a lot of times I would get, you know, really sad or I would, you know, ask a lot of questions. And uh, I don't think they minded the, the curiosity part of it, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I'd get sad. And so I think it was always, you know, having uh, empathy and, 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 you know, compassion for that community of folks, whether I realized it or not, was something that really started to manifest at a young age. Uh, fast forward several, several, several years, uh, and you know, one of the things I always thought was so cool about sports, growing up a, a diehard sports fan, and one of the reasons why I, you know, I feel so comfortable committing my professional life to sports is that, you know, I feel like sports uh, beyond whatever fleeting joy it, it, it can provide you, you know, on a day-to-day basis as a sports fan, we see these athletes, these teams, these leagues truly have an impact on the communities, uh, communities of which they're a part, the mm-hmm. country. And one of my first memories of that was 9-11 and the way that the country really rallied behind some of the, the amazing moments in athletics that transpired thereafter, that, that, that unified folks. And, and so, all that said, you know, I've, I've always found that people with a platform, I don't think they necessarily have a responsibility to use it, but I think it's always incredibly awesome when they do use it and, and use it to uh, promote change or to impact others. I'm not Dirk Nowitzki. I'm not Troy Aikman or Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't have a platform that is anywhere near the platform that these individuals have, you know, the people whose Mm -hmm. jerseys we wear. However, as a broadcaster, I do have a bigger platform than, than the average person. And uh, I always kind of thought in my head, if I got to a place as a broadcaster where I did have that platform and I was, you know, in a, in a, in an area where I felt like I'd be for quite some time and and DFW's home. And I'm, I'm, you know, so thankful to be here working in DFW I would want to at least look into how I can truly get involved. I didn't know that that would mean starting a charity. I just knew I wanted to get involved. And I narrowed it down to two things. I, at first, I wanted, I wanted my charity to help everybody and everything. But it just doesn't, doesn't work that way, uh, especially if you know, you're not Mark Cuban with a billion dollars to distribute amongst you know, <laughs> 17 different causes. Exactly. So, so I narrowed it down to two, two areas. One was uh, – you know, assisting, aiding folks with, with physical and intellectual disabilities. And the other 
uh, was something that was geared towards equality, you know, whether it was, you know, racial equality, religious equality, whatever it might be. The, ultimately, the reason I decided to go the route I did was at the time, I wasn't sure what tangible difference I could make raising money uh, to promote, uh, you know, uh, uh, equality. And, and, and one of the things I'd researched was that there are these amazing camps that are, are put on that bring people together that help break down barriers. But those camps are really expensive. And mm-hmm. I just didn't know, you know, would I have the capacity to raise, like, would it take me seven years to just raise enough money to maybe put on a camp for one summer, you know, let alone have something sustainable. And it just seemed like there were more tangible, uh, tangible measures I could achieve pursuing this route. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know that there's a wrong answer as long as you are uh, doing something to, to help others, but that's ultimately how I came to, to this path. And then I mentioned my, my interaction with Christy Krona special Olympics. I also, I uh, was so blessed uh, someone who gave me tennis lessons when I was seven uh, and, and someone who was a, a family friend. My family's South African. Her family's South African. She was born in South Africa, uh, a, a lady named Carla Rosenberg, who uh, professionally, this is what she does. She helps. Yes. Uh, she helps charities. I know uh, Carla and, very well. Absolutely you do. Mm-hmm. And so I got in touch with Carla. I just wanted to pick her brain. At the end of the conversation, I wasn't even campaigning for her to get involved. You know, she works with Dirk and Marty Turco and Nancy Lieberman. I mean, I'm not I'm not of that that level or anywhere close. But uh, I think because of our prior relationship and and maybe the the passion I demonstrated in our initial conversation, she decided uh, that she would she would be a part of it. She would help, and uh, her 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 being a teammate. Uh, from the start has been more valuable than I can, can convey. And so that was, that was really, I guess, the, the next big step of, of creating the Sandlot Children's Charity. And here we are. We just had our fifth event, uh, our fifth annual uh, event at Topgolf, and uh, we're approaching $1 million raised uh, over uh, the course of our existence. And, and we're now really starting to, to see how we can make a tangible difference in this community, and it's, it's really exciting. We're visiting with Jared Sandler with Sandler, Sandlot Children's Charities. And, again, I'm totally impressed with not only your research before you started the charity, but the fact that you've been successful and it continues to grow. Can you talk about – you were talking about platforms, and I look at platforms like you. It's not a responsibility, but there are opportunities there where you can help people. And you were talking about how you wanted to help so many people and you were able to narrow it down in this particular way. Can you tell about some of the trials and errors that you had to possibly go through? Because there are people out there who are listening to this show. They might have the same, you know, ideas in their brains. Like, I'd I'd love to do something, but I don't know where to start. Well, yeah, I mean, the first thing I'd say is, uh, you know, put put a team around you uh, that that will help support you, uh, yes. and and I'm I'm so thankful to have have a team. You know, our board, uh, my wife Emily, who you know when we we were together when I decided to start this charity, and and you know when I first did, she uh, you know she assisted and helped as uh, as time would allow. But it's now gotten to the point where she, I mean, I do this with her and um, her, the board, and, and a few other folks who aren't on the board, but, but are, are tremendous teammates of ours. Uh, you know, we're not, we don't have a full-time staff member, you know, we're not mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these amazing organizations. 
they do, and, and man, we, we certainly hope to get there at some point. But, uh, you know, I, I think, and, and, and thankfully I've been fortunate from the start to, to have some really smart people who are, are talented, way, way smarter, way more talented than I am who have, have helped us grow. But that would be the first thing is, you know, I, I couldn't do this without a, a team. Uh, and then I think, you know, year to year with the, our big events, you know, we, every year we, we experience things that uh, we learn from and, and build. And I just think uh, the, the things that have been important to us, you know, constantly assessing what we're doing, how we can get better. We, because we aren't a full-time, you know, we don't have full-time staff. We don't have this, you know, multi-million dollar uh, budget or anything like that. We've got to really work just a little bit harder to make sure we're uh, being as efficient as possible and maximizing our dollars. But I think what, what is, what's really served as a great compass, again, having a team uh, with different perspectives that can help navigate, uh, you know, make sure there's someone. I have no business like that. I don't have a business background. Mm-hmm. And charity is uh, uh, it's a lot of things. But at the end of the day, it is also it's a, a business or it can uh, fail and, or it can fail. It yeah, has to be run as right. a business. So, so you need to make sure you got someone or people who can fill the roles necessary to make sure that financially uh, you're moving in the right direction. And then, you know, if, if you do, if there's a cause that speaks to you, uh, learn about it. Uh, and, and I don't mean that in a, hey, make sure you know what you're doing. But the more you learn, the more it will direct you to how you can make the biggest impact. Uh, and I think having a better understanding of this community of, of, of amazing individuals and, and what their needs are and uh, seeing front and center uh, what the challenges are for either them or organizations who support them. That's what's helped us sort of direct uh, our mission and, and, and figure out the way we can best make an impact. How did you come up with the idea for swinging for a cause? So, you know, someone asked me this the other day. I don't remember – I remember thinking we need to do – like I want a really cool, fun event that brings people together. Uh, And I thought it would be appropriate if it was an athletic event uh, because that's kind of the – you know, where the the charity is geared and just my personality. Uh, Initially, uh, I remember I was working out and I had a buddy who was in the music industry and we were just talking. I was on the elliptical and he called me. And I did have in my mind, maybe we, we would have a concert. You know, it seems like that's a pretty standard type sure. of charity event. And uh, he, he helped manage, some, you know, certainly not A-list bands, maybe bands or groups who for a, a small period of time were A-list, but maybe now are B or C-list. Uh, but, you know, maybe could, could sell some tickets. And I was just blown away by how expensive some of these acts would be. Uh, again, you know, we don't have this million-dollar budget uh, you know, especially at the very beginning that we could utilize for something like this. And, you know, I remember there was one group and, and he didn't manage this group, but I remember Pentatonics, an acapella group that was, Oh local. yeah. They do yeah, a lot of uh, I, holiday music too. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, well, maybe that, you know, maybe they would do it. And, and, and yes, people are willing to be reasonable when it's for a charity, but at the end of the day, these people need to make money too. And so I was just, it was very, I don't want to say discouraging, but uh, it definitely led me down a different path. You know, the concert thing at that time didn't seem uh, realistic. And so, 
you know, golf tournaments are very popular and, and they raise a lot of money and they're great. I, I wanted to do something a little different. I didn't, it, it just for the sake in, in some regards of, of being different. You know, I, I wanted to do something that would maybe stand out and there just weren't nearly as many top golf events as there were uh, golf events. And what I, what I did not, one of the things that I liked initially about that is when you play in a charity golf tournament, again, they're great. I, you know, I, I participate in, in a number of them and, uh, or probably support organizations who, who put them on. Uh, but uh, you kind of interact with your foursome and maybe at the end or the very beginning, you kind of uh, interact with everyone collectively. I, I wanted an event that, that really brought people together. And while at Top Golf, everyone is at a bay uh, you're not locked into that bay, and uh, one of the neat things that you know I think our our event offers is just the ability to to hang out. Golf is a backdrop. You know, you don't have to play golf. Uh, you know, if you there are a number of people at our event every year who have never played a round of golf, never been to a driving range, maybe maybe never even played putt putt, but they still they they can fit in, they can belong. You know, if you don't play golf, it's tough to take part in a golf tournament. Uh, this is not that, and it's it's an event that really can be for everyone. Uh, and I didn't, I don't know that I knew all of this when we decided upon Top Golf, but as we've done it, the reason why we keep going back is is I love uh, the way it unifies people and, and gives people the opportunity to hang out uh, with one another and and get to know people and and just spend time with one another. And uh, you know, I just think bringing people together is so much fun, and, and I think that's something our event offers. You know what it is, Jared? I give you a lot of credit because I think it's absolutely brilliant. There are so many golf tournaments, um, charity golf tournaments that are out there. And as you mentioned, you know, you don't get to visit with people while you're playing the golf. You only visit them when it's afterwards or before. But with Top Golf, it's like you're having your charity gala, but you don't have to get all dressed up and you have something to do. You can play some golf. At the same time, you can mix and mingle and visit and catch up with people you haven't seen in a while. And if there's celebrities there, you can also meet some interesting people. Can you talk about the celebrity component? Because you've been quite successful um, getting some of the, the, the best current and former athletes in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to, to be involved. Yeah, and, and that's uh, – Chris, we're so fortunate. Uh, I, I make make a point to mention this every year. Uh we always have a tremendous group of personalities, athletes, broadcasters, entertainers who, who come to our event. And never once have I been asked for an appearance fee, a talent fee, anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. They all come uh, just out of the goodness of their heart. And some of them, uh, you know, like uh, this most recent event, both Babe Loffenberg and Brad Sham were there. Uh, you know the, the the radio voices of the Dallas Cowboys. They're in the middle of their season. It's not easy to do that. And and when you broadcast for an NFL team, you don't have many Sundays off. You know we've had uh, Barry Church back when he played. We had uh, Byron Jones when he played in the middle of their seasons uh, come out to the event to support. And 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 whether it's in season or not, uh, these are people who are giving up. You know a Sunday. Uh, and it, it really means a lot. And, you know, I can't stress enough the, the support I've received from people like yourself and, and the rest of our teammates uh, on 105 through the fan who uh, do such a tremendous job promoting the charity and promoting the event and, and really putting it uh, on a pedestal for those who 
uh, maybe weren't aware or, or need a little nudge, a reminder, uh, they, they put it front and center. And I couldn't do uh, I couldn't do what we're doing without the support of, of so many. But that radio that radio platform is so huge, and uh, you know the the teammates I have professionally have really indirectly become teammates from a charitable side for that reason. And, and I just can't thank them enough. And, and you're a part of that. Hey, just to reset, we're talking with Jared Sandler from the Sandlot Children's Charity, which provides financial assistance for kids with physical and intellectual disabilities, specifically for those who are in pursuit of athletic opportunities and sports specific experiences. And we were talking about swinging for a cause, which is the big fundraiser event. And I know for a fact that you guys have had a lot of, financial support with people um, buying the silent auction items. Can you talk about these different items, how you thought that was a key to the whole thing? Because a lot of people have different, you know, silent auction items. Some of these are experiences. And I think a lot of the people who support your cause, they feel rewarded because they collect things like that. And can you talk about that component as well? Because, I mean, I think that's a big part of why a lot of people say, oh, wait a minute. That's going on. I think I might want to be involved, whether I make the event itself or not. Yeah, so I, I think one of the really cool things that our event brings is uh, you mentioned a silent auction. You don't have to be present to win. You don't even have to be in the state of Texas to win. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it exists online. We put it on display at the event so people can see some of these items. But again, you don't have to uh, be there to win. And and you know, we're we're so fortunate. Again, we're we're not. And, and maybe we've gained some momentum over the last few years, but it's certainly when we started, no one had any idea what the Sandlot Children's Charity was. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have my name a part of the charity because to me it's not, it's not about that. It's not, you know, I'm not doing this for social media likes. I don't need my name associated with it. Um, so I didn't want my name to be a part of it. And even if I did, I, you know, I don't know that anyone would go out of their way uh, to, to support us just because my name was associated. I'm just, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not Dirk, Dak, any of these guys. And, and as I said, not even in the same stratosphere. So I don't even know if it would have made a difference, but certainly uh, no one knew what the Sandlot Children's Charity was. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's changed a little bit, but, you know, we've had folks who have, who have supported us by donating to the auction from day one. Uh, and, you know, whether those are companies, vendors, or just people who have things that they think would be, uh, you know, would, would be a good fit for the auction. And I just can't thank those, those folks enough, but, you know, it's an honor that they choose us. Not that we're the only uh, organization that they, uh, to which they might donate, but, you know, they don't have the ability. A lot of these folks don't have the ability to just, say yes to everyone and so the fact that we are among those to whom they say yes means a ton and uh you know when when we first did the auction it was really just kind of like a sports fan paradise but uh i had a few folks my wife included who would say well wait a second what what, what's there for someone who doesn't like sports or, or what's there for me and so this is you know one area in which she's just been amazing is uh our our auction now is is you know yes it's very very appealing to the sports fan with unique items and, and experiences uh, to hang with celebrities. But there are a ton of things for him. There are a ton of things for her. I mean, it's uh, it's it's almost like a, a holiday shopping paradise. And 
you know, I, I think every year we always have some new creative items again, whether they're, they're putting experiences together, mm-hmm. uh, this year, for instance, uh, for the first time, you know, people had the opportunity to go to a Mavs game with Taylor Hearn, you know, Rangers pitcher who's from the area and a huge Mavs fan. Yes, sir. He's uh, a huge you know, Mavs fan. Yeah. We always have a, a hang with Chris Arnold experience of the Mavs and, and CA. I, I, I appreciate you always being so willing and accommodating. Automatic. Uh, you know, we, we, we had auctioned off a trip to the U.S. Open, the, the Golf U.S. Open uh, that's going to be in Brookline, Massachusetts in 2022. Uh, and we had a, a signed, a replica Taylor Swift guitar signed by Taylor Swift. Look at uh, guitar signed by Snoop Dogg. Uh, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of opportunities, some private shopping experiences at, uh, you know, at some of these stores that uh, I know that you know excites my wife. That uh, I'm sure I pay for more uh, more than I'd <laughs> like. But uh, you know, I, I think the auction is really cool, and, and it's a, it's been such a huge part of our ability to raise money. Uh, and, you know, I love that there are people all over the country who are able to participate. So I know this thing doesn't happen by itself. You mentioned the team around you. There have been lots of volunteers who have been able to support um, the Sandlot Charities, the Children's Charities. Can you talk about some of the behind-the-scenes people or some of the things you wind up doing? Because sometimes people just see the event itself and say, okay, that was a good time, that was fun, but I always say, People like the sausage. They have no idea how the sausage was made. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. So first of all, uh, Top Golf's been such a great partner hosting our Swinging for a Cause event. Last year, unfortunately, it was virtual. So we had our fifth annual event, our fourth at Top Golf, uh, and it, it's really been great working with them. You know, I mentioned Carla Rosenberg earlier. Uh, having her by my side through this mm-hmm. has been invaluable, and, and uh, she's brought. Uh, a, a few women, a part of her team, who uh, they bring the event to life. That's uh, Laura Ferris and Paige Jimenez, and, and this year we welcome Caroline Zumbach uh, into that group. And, and the four of them, uh, like I said, they're, they're just invaluable. I mean, this is this is what they do. They they put these events together, and they they understand how to maximize your opportunity as a charity to take advantage of these events. And then our board, uh, you know, I, I, my brother, Jason, uh, my best friend from, you know, as early as I can remember, Benjamin Goodman and his father, Mark, a uh, young man named Dylan Rafferty, who I met actually through my wife, uh, Gavin Spittle, uh, Carla Rosenberg is, is on the board, Mike Hoffman, uh, Samir Durandar from Nick and Sam's, who's yes, been incredibly generous. Uh, we're just so thankful to have, this great team, and then, then there's you know one individual I need to shout out uh, who's not on our board, but has been a, a tremendous uh, partner to us, and that's a, a guy he goes by Biggie Evangelos Agapios, who you know, I mentioned people who have, have helped contribute to our auction. No one has done it more than than Biggie. You see some of the the really neat items we have that are maybe in the sports world or that the memorabilia world. Chances are it came from Biggie. He's mm-hmm. been an absolute angel to us, and we would not be able to grow the way we have without him. Sandlot Children's Charities, you guys have done a, a magnificent job and continue to do so. It's the holiday time of the year. Are there anything, any projects or anything coming up in the next few months that people need to know about you want to share? Are yeah, you so you know, our, we're, we're entering a, a second year of our grant program, uh, so we're going to release, release the application in January, so please be on the lookout. That, that's our way of really right now being able to make a difference. We do have some long-term goals. But right now, in the immediate, it's our grant program. We were able to support six 
uh, incredibly worthy nonprofits in 2021, and, and you know we're hoping to grow uh, and, and continue to, to support more organizations and, and do so in, in more and more meaningful ways each year financially. But you got to apply for us to, to know about you know these organizations, and it can be an individual or it can be an organization. It doesn't have to be uh, one or the other. Uh, the Sandlot.org is, is where you can go in January. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Sandlot Charity. Uh, the social media side is obviously such a, a big part of this. Uh, we try and keep everyone up to date there. And then uh, I'd be remiss again, Sandlot Charity on Instagram as well. My wife does such a great job running an Instagram account. And then, you know, at the end of the day, uh, money's so important for a charity, right? Yes. Uh, and, you know, we, we want to, what, what we love about the event is that you, you contribute to the charity, but you get something out of it. Uh, and we do love to, to put together those sorts of opportunities. Uh, we don't want to just be takers. You know, we want to give back in some way. But uh, if you're not able to make it or if you do feel compelled to, to donate, you know, we certainly uh, would be honored for you to consider us. At the Sandlot.org slash donate uh, is the direct link. Or you could just go to the Sandlot.org and, and navigate our websites and uh uh, you know, you can decide whether you want to donate or not after after taking a look. But, uh, you know, just just for people to consider us, it, it does mean a lot. And we thank you so, so very much uh, for for doing that. And, Chris, I can't thank you enough for giving our charity an opportunity to, to have a little little spotlight here on Better Living. Hey, let me tell you, it speaks for itself. I, I, I really laud you for your vision. I love the whole story. And I also highly recommend everybody check out the website because the website matches what you're talking about. It really is something fun, and, and it explains exactly what you're all about, and it looks great. And, again, that's your business card. Jerry, we're going to have to have you on again real soon because I think there's even more and more things coming for all these kids that you guys are taking care of. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. And, again, thank you so much to, to you and, and Tim Collins and Gavin Spittle for putting together a program like this that allows – organizations to, to get spotlight. I, I always tell people, yes, we'd love for you to, to consider us, but if you don't consider us, just consider an organization, make a, you know, yes, find one that speaks to you. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, if you find some, something or someone who, uh, you know, you want to support it, it really does go a long way. All right. Happy holidays, my friend. See you. See you real soon. Thanks. See you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Jerry Sandler. It is the holiday time of the year. And I thought, why not talk to Michael Thomas with My Possibilities? And so he's joining us. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? I am doing just great. Like I said, it is the holiday time of the year, and we've been talking about kids this morning, and I figured why not talk about some hipsters? And for there those who don't know, we're talking about the hipsters. You, Your uh, definition of hipster is a noun, which means hugely important people. Talk about that and talk about why you use that acronym. Yeah, no, without the additional context, people think that we serve guys with man buns uh, that eat granola. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not that's not what hipster means to us. At a coffee shop, people. right? <laughs> that, that's right, and, and, and probably from Portland. Um, <laughs> so so our hipsters are hugely important people, and that is a, it's a noun, sort of a term that we came up with, our, fa- our founders came up with, to recognize value in being a person with an intellectual or a developmental disability. So for us, a hipster uh, could be an adult with autism, with Down syndrome, uh, could have a traumatic brain injury, but ultimately they're incredibly important people who have the same goals and aspirations that you and I have. 
Exactly. And you guys are a full-time, full-year educational program in Collin County, and you've done so many things over the years, especially with uh, 105.3 The Fans' K&C Masterpiece. Those guys, Kevin and Corey have been, and Mike, have been outstanding working with you and the charities, uh, raising the, the some of the, the fundraising they've done around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I thought this is the time of the year where people might want to know more about my possibilities. Can you share the story of how it started? Because they've heard about it, but they don't know all about it. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 a shout out to those guys. Uh, K and C this year raised over forty six thousand dollars in a twenty four hour period. Wow, and, and that's yeah, unbelievable. Dedicated and uh, have a lot of fun doing it too. So we we appreciate K and C uh, immensely. The, the The reality is that the our systems are all created to to allow students coming out of the, the high school system to choose their pathway, and some may choose college, others may choose a vocational path. Others may just get right into working, which is totally awesome. Uh, but for for young adults with disabilities, with if you've got an IQ of 60, 65, or autism, um, there are not many pathways crafted for you beyond high school. And that is, that is the crux of how our organization was founded. A couple of uh, mothers got together in 2007, met at a Starbucks, and sat down and said, hey, we got to figure out what we're doing for our, our, our kids next year. They're graduating. And they crafted out a vision for a place that would support their children and uh, provide them with an opportunity to grow. And I mentioned a little while ago that people with disabilities, they want to live, work, and play in the community just like everybody else. Uh, but the, the pathway to get to, the, to that end game, to that inclusivity, is just a little bit different. And that's, that's our organization's mission is – regardless of who they are, where they come from, or what diagnosis they may have, uh, it's irrelevant. We want to help create that educational and that training path so they can work with you, live next door, and have mm-hmm. a beer with you at your favorite bar. That's that's what uh, that's what our guys want to do. And how long ago was this idea created? How long have you guys been in existence? So that, that napkin meeting was in June of 2007, and they opened up in June of 2008 from, from idea to doors open in one year. Uh, so we've been open for, say, coming up on 14 years next year. Man, it's an amazing thing. And can you talk about some of the impact you've had on some of the lives of these kids and their families? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because the, the stories, the success stories are as as vast and as different as uh, the individuals we serve. And so for for our population, for our hipsters, success might be somebody coming in and saying, I want to get a job, going through a job training program, and six to nine months later, getting placed out in the community. And that means they're earning income for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they, have a, they have true value and purpose in what they're doing. It's meaningful work. Uh, and that's life-changing, man. Going from not doing anything to being a member of a, of a team, uh, is is a big deal not just for the individual but the family, and and then for others that the vocational pathway may not be the immediate focus. Uh, I've I've known hipsters that came to us and were completely nonverbal, who today will see me in the hallway and say hello and ask me how my boys are doing, and I, I mean you can't <laughs> wow like, I can't even describe yeah the, the difference being able to communicate makes in somebody's life. Uh, I think we take for granted what our what our what we would be like if we had to go the whole day, the whole week, a whole year without being able to say what we're thinking or without having people around us 
understand what we mean. I mean, that's a, uh, that's life changing. And, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on, uh, people living independently for the first time mm-hmm. relationships, uh, got lots of those. We got a couple of married couples. Wow. Uh, that are in the hit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's, and in fact, the success rate of those marriages is significantly higher than the average American married couple. I'd like to point that out. Um, that's true they, love. They make it that's, work. That's called Way, true love. It, it is. Yeah. It's true love, and they're dedicated to making it work. I feel like the rest of us give up too soon. But, uh, yeah, man, the, uh, the millions of stories. But the reality is uh, it's not that this population hasn't always had it in them. It's that they've never been given the opportunity to, to, right. to learn. Right. People just assume and maybe they they put them in a, in a different environment or they're just kind of like, OK, they can't handle it. But you are That's showing right. that they can handle it. They can handle all kinds of things if you give them the opportunity. A hundred percent. And that's people in general, too. Right. Yeah. You imagine an 18 year old, let's say neurotypical 18 year old coming out of high school and we say, look, this is it. This is all you were going to learn. Our expectations for you, you know, go get a job, go live independently, go pay your bills, go ha- have a family, go do all that stuff. You're good. Oh, well, you know, the success right there is going to be probably pretty low. You're right. And the, but the, the nice good news is for them, they can go on and continue learning and they're given the time they need to get those skills set. And then they go out and they're successful. Our guys need, you know, given the nature of their their uh, potential intellectual or, or developmental disabilities, I mean, they need a little bit more time. And even beyond the traditional three, four, five year, co- you know, collegiate time frame, our guys might need ten, they might need fifteen. But I mean, if it takes an eighteen year old fifteen years to get the skills necessary to live independently and get a job, that means the rest of their life you know, 40, 50 years of productivity will be at a significantly higher level. We're talking with Michael Thomas. He's the executive director of My Possibilities. Michael, can you tell us how you got involved? What what sparked it with you to get involved with My Possibilities? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up um, with disability around me, um, not not directly in the, intele- the IDD world, but uh, I spent a lot of time at Scottish Rite Hospital growing mm-hmm. up. And uh, if, if anybody's not familiar with that hospital, it's absolutely amazing. Yes, it is. And every child at that hospital is is unique. And so I think I think my time there over a number of years sort of conditioned me to understand that people are people, and um, there's no just you know given the nature of of what what hand somebody was dealt uh, shouldn't determine what they're capable of or what we provide for them. So I I went to college, I uh, went to SMU, and uh, was originally going to be a music therapy major uh, to work with this population. And, uh, you know, I, I never questioned how things pan out, but uh, SMU pulled that program after my freshman year and said, you know, you can major in whatever you want. And uh, at the time, I didn't have much of a pathway, but I spent all of my time, my, my favorite memories of, of college were, I, I hope none of my professors hear this, like none of it was about being in class. It was, it was the activities, the groups, the fundraising events, the yeah. volunteering um, and coming out of college, you know, that was, that was the pathway for me. Um, I could, I could find a career pathway in serving people with disabilities and do it through nonprofits. So I've been, I've been doing that ever since it's, uh, and I've never, I've never woken up a day in my life and questioned what I do. I think that's a, an underrated, um, quality of a career is, you know, the paycheck's one thing, but, uh, feeling good about what you do every day is, 
way more valuable. Exactly. Whenever I speak to kids, I always ask them the question, what's the difference between a job and a career? A job, yeah, you're getting paid. You could work, you know, at fast food place, fries up and make some money or you, you know, deliver some food or whatever. But if you enjoy what you do, that's a career. The money's going to take right. care of itself. I, I even tell them, I said, the teachers here, it's your educators. They're not paid a lot of money, but they enjoy what they do. And yeah. that was, that, that's what gives their life some purpose. If, you're, if you have a purpose-driven life, I think you're a happier person. Definitely. I think the, one of the ways that I've, I've found I can clearly and quickly communicate the difference is if you w- wake up in the morning and say, I have to go to work instead of I get to go to work, then the mindset's wrong. And, and you want to wake up every day and just say, I get to go do this, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's been, you know, over 15 years worth of waking up and saying, I get to go support an amazing population. Okay. So you meant, you mentioned get to. Let's talk right. about the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, but when it first yep. hit, can you talk about some of the challenges? And, and all you guys deal with is challenges, but can you talk about some of the challenges and the pivots you had to make to continue the great work you do with My Possibilities? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think um, COVID taught us a lot. Uh, some things we knew already about our population and how they were served and uh, and other things, you know, a big old light was was shined on it. Um, our, you know, again, thinking about the nature of, of the hipster world, um, a good percentage of our guys don't read and write. Um, a lot of them can't independently operate a computer. So when the entire world goes virtual and says, okay, guys, log into your computers, log into your class. Um, if you got a question, make sure, you know, use the raise the hand button or type it out in chat. You can imagine there's a, there's a big percentage of our population that that simply doesn't work. Um, without support. And, and for us, that was an immediate adjustment, trying to figure out what things, what, what supports we needed to add for the individual or the household so they could participate in virtual programming. Um, we had never done a virtual class before. We'd done plenty of, you know, streamings and things like that, but we had never had a, a teacher in one place and a hipster uh, in another. And within two weeks, we had comprehensive programming. All of our classes had rolled online. Um, we're serving as many people as possible. And what we found was uh, the social connectivity is as important as the educational value. Yes. And, and what I mean by that is you and I, when, when something, you know, if we want to pick up the phone or, or do a video call or mm-hmm. go see somebody, we can go do it. Um, our guys don't drive. Um, and for a lot of them, the, they're, their complete social network is where they attend programming in person. And I think even, in person. even though we, that's right in person. And I think we underestimated the importance of our organization as this, as the true social, like comprehensive social network. And, uh, we saw it. I mean, saw it in behavior. We saw it in, uh, uh, in just emotional well-being. We saw it in, in educational regression. I mean, just I, I just think we took it for granted. So it's something we continue to provide. Um, we still have, you know, over 30 people on a weekly basis who are still virtual, uh, whether some of it's because medically they're not comfortable being back out um, with COVID or for some of them they moved away or they're just too far uh, to attend in person now. And they continue to use virtual programming. So, you know, COVID, COVID's got a couple of silver linings in there, not many. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but for us, uh, it opened our eyes to, you know, this is a program that has to be here indefinitely, and, and it actually even more so needs to expand because um, there are hipsters that live in parts of this state and part of the country that they don't have access to programming at all. Wow. They don't live. They don't live close enough to a right. uh, an educational program, so they're spending seven days a week, fifty two weeks out of the year, at home or with a family member, and that's their that's their collective social network. So, uh, yeah, man, it was it's it's been a learning experience. I'd love to say we're 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 over it, but we're not. Exactly, <laughs> it's challenges, and and again, the disconnect is real for those who don't understand that it is real. And, and like you said before, I've always appreciated educators uh, just with regular students trying to navigate the pandemic and have virtual learning classes when, you know, the regular kids at school were, you know, distracted by things that are going on in the house and you're trying to get them to focus. So they might be feeling, you know, mentally drained or depressed because they're not at school and they're in their bedroom and they feel isolated and lonely, let alone the hipsters. So I can imagine what you guys have been dealing with and how you're being creative. You you have to be extra creative. Well, and and it wasn't wasn't just us. To put this in perspective, imagine being the the working parents or working single parent of a child with disabilities in the school system. And the school system says, hey, you're going virtual. And uh, the support your child's been receiving in the public school system throughout the school year, well, they're not coming to your house, and and they're not logging in with you virtually. You're you're sort of on your own. And those are families that had to, a lot of them still had to go to work. I mean, it was it the, the COVID year for for families that had children and child or adult with disabilities was uh, it, it demonstrated how disconnected the systems are. For these families, we got a long way to go. Yeah, we really do. But you guys have been making so much progress with all the different things you've been doing, including the campus for higher learning. Could you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, we moved. Uh, we acquired a piece of property uh, a couple years back um, to be the future home for uh, higher education for people with disabilities. And our mindset was. Hey, if we're going to talk about being continued education beyond high school and providing pathways to learning and talking about doing it like in a collegiate way, we need to have a campus. And uh, we, we built the first, uh, the first of our campus buildings back in 2018. And uh, at sad timing, another thing COVID sort of ripped away from us, the uh, building two was slated to begin construction on March the 26th of 2020. On March the 17th, of 2020, we all shut down. And so that building went into a, a bit of a hiatus, but the, the good news is uh, we anticipate it goes into construction early next year. So that'll be uh, building two on our campus for higher learning. Uh, we'll, we'll come online probably a year, uh, take a year to build it. So early 2023, and that building is 100% focused on job training and career services. So if somebody young adult with autism or Down syndrome wants to get a job, whether it's in the culinary, culinary arts, technology, customer service, retail, administrative support, whatever it is, um, we're going to have independent job pathways. They can come in and register uh, to train in-house, and then our job coaches will go out there and find them jobs. That is outstanding. Well, I've always said this is the time, time of the year. It's the holiday time of the year. Can you talk about some of the things you have going on 
right now and what people might need to be aware of with my possibilities? Absolutely. Well, yeah, the the end of the year, just for anybody that's listening, uh, whatever your favorite charity is, rest assured they're thinking about you right now because December is the most important uh, month of the year for a nonprofit. Um, it is a big – it's when a lot of donations come in. Year-end giving is a big deal. Um, now here's a fun fact, Chris. Uh, 12, 12% of all charitable donations made from people come in the last three days of the year. That's everybody waiting until the, the, literally the very last minute and uh, getting that gift in and the, on the, the last <laughs> couple of days. Yeah. So uh, we we just wish people stop procrastinating and just give in January. But um, no, it, it's a it's an important time because uh, we're all rebounding from what this year has been like. And the from an, an economic perspective, you know, 2021 hasn't fully rebounded. And typically, the first thing to go when uh, when there's an economic downturn is charitable giving. And the last thing to come back is charitable giving. <laughs> so we're. Uh, I'll tell you that the the we're not back to 2019 yet, uh, as far as the numbers are concerned, mm-hmm. and, and I'm I'm speaking for the whole uh, the whole industry. Most are still sure. still trying to track track it down, but um, for us personally, uh, our major event would have been on December the fourth, um, but because it's a it's a large gathering and mm-hmm. because we serve a, a population that a lot of them have uh, compromised immune systems, uh, we had to postpone it again. So that that event. Um, it was a major fundraising event for us in December. Uh, isn't going to happen this year. So we're, you know, we're trying to close the gap through just general giving and uh, trying to get people involved. And and if they were planning on going to that event, but now they can't, we're asking them, you know, would you still consider contributing? And um, yeah. you know, the hope is we we close and finish the year strong. But I think that's what that's what everybody's hoping for right now. Exactly. And again, I I just admire the way you guys persevere. I admire the way you know you not just deal with the challenges, you kind of reinvent some of the things that are challenging. But that's why it's called My Possibilities. I mean, you guys are just absolutely amazing. I I know you get tired of hearing people pat you on the back and all that, but I think it's absolutely amazing. Where can people find more information about you? On the website, can you give all the information where they can find more information if they wanted to do anything, if they have, you know, someone in their family uh, that's a hipster? Absolutely. And, and, uh, uh, the, the short answer is mypossibilities.org, uh, or you can find us on Facebook. Just search for My Possibilities. You'll, you'll find us there, too. I think, uh, Chris, one thing I'd want to point out there, and I, and I do appreciate the compliment to the organization, um, I, get to, you know, I get to be the talking head and, uh, and the recipient of, the, of the, the compliments. But I want to point out that uh, I've got teachers and therapists Yes. And people that that have committed their entire lives and careers to serving this population, and that means thirty, forty, fifty hours a week. They are one on one, working with you know, in in a lot of times very emotionally challenging um, and and mentally challenging ways. And that's their get up and go to work every single day. And so I, uh, I'm only able to speak to the quality of the organization because I've got a a staff full of superheroes that uh, wake up and, and commit themselves to supporting others. So I'll take those compliments all day long. As long as people know that I just, I just get to, uh, I just get to talk about it. They're the ones doing the real work. Well, I'm glad you're sharing your love because it is the holiday time of the year. And I think everybody in the organization, everybody who's a part of my possibilities deserves a whole lot of credit for all the work that's being done. 
and the work that's about to happen again because it's not even work. What did you say? You get to do this. That's right. We we get to go support uh, the most amazing people in the world. And uh, there's uh, I heard back in the day is probably I don't know how long ago it was. I heard I heard Scott Van Pelt he's talking to somebody or talking about somebody and he he talked about this guy's passion bucket and uh, I've, I that latched on to me at the time not as a sports reference but as just a life reference that you know when you wake up in the morning there's there's the work side of things and the money and the bank bank account and all that but if your passion bucket's empty the rest doesn't matter um, exactly and and that's the that's the good news. For those that are at MP, um, our passion buckets are full. Hey, Michael, it's been a pleasure. We will check in with you again, and happy holidays and happy new year. Hey, same to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Very, very nice. My Possibilities and the Sandlot Children's Charities are just two of hundreds of organizations doing things in great ways for kids in the Dallas-Fort Worth area here in North Texas. And As I've mentioned all through the show, it is the holiday time of the year. And when you think about the holidays, you think about kids in particular. You you try to think about families, of course, and you think about others who are in need. But you usually think about kids. You usually think about the holidays and opening presents or what it's like for the kids. So, you know, I would like everyone who's listening to, you know, open up your hearts And if you feel that you're in the position where you can help out and it doesn't have to be financially, it just might be your time. It might be your availability, especially this time of the year with kids who have needs. And I've got three kids myself, and I'm always telling them, and I tell this to kids when I speak to schools, and I will say this to kids who also have needs because I remind them, you do have the power. You all have the power to be whatever you want to be, to conquer the hurdles that are in front of you, to never give up, to always try. You don't fail unless you quit. Failure is just something that you learn from. It's just an opportunity. And again, a lot of kids don't realize the power that they have and I even put it in kids' terms. I always talk to kids about Spider-Man. What, is, what do they tell Spider-Man? With great power comes what? Great responsibility. Most kids know the phrase, great responsibility. And I, I tell them to value the power of knowledge and that it's cool to be, to be able to learn things. But more importantly, I want them to feel empowered. I don't want them to feel like they are victims that they can't do things. There may be some struggles along the way, but you can always, you know, have the power to determine if someone makes you happy or sad. You've got that right. You've got that power. And I think it's important that um, this time of the year, you see some kids, you remind them that they have the power, that it's okay to be smart, that it's okay to learn things, that it's okay to dream. Some people see things as they are and ask why. I dream things that never were and ask why not. That's one of my favorite quotes, and I say that to a lot of kids because I want them to realize they have the opportunity to change the world, every single one of them. And we have the opportunity to help them visualize those things. So, you know, 
make sure this time of the year, if you have the opportunity, that you take the chance to reach out and help kids in whatever way that you can. I mean, it's a year-round thing. It's a continual thing. But this time of the year, it's always just a little bit more special. The power of knowledge. The power to be what you want to be. Oh, but I can't because I'm from Texas. Yes, you can. Oh, but I can't because I live on this part of town. Yes, you can. Oh, I can't because I don't have the same opportunities. Yes, you can, as long as you believe. And I always tell kids that success is a journey, not a destination. It's full of twists and turns, and you never know what an opportunity is going to be. There's no such thing as luck. It's opportunity. It's being prepared for an opportunity. So, you know, if you get a chance and you have the opportunity, take care of some kids in whatever way that you can because they really and truly are our future kids. So, again, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening to the show. And I want to thank the people with my possibilities. And I want to thank the people with the Sandlot Children's. I mean, it's just it's just that important. And again, thank you all for listening to Better Living. I'm Chris Arnold. Be sure to tune in next week as we highlight other organizations, the events happening right here in DFW. So long, everybody. Happy holidays. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.